it's time to get cozy and watch a Christmas movie. Cuddle up with a cutie and watch a Christmas movie. It's a podcast in a queer tree. Um, welcome back, everyone, to Podcast in a Queer Tree, a podcast where we debrief from extremely long double episodes about very important groundbreaking gay Christmas movies with a very light, fluffy, easy, breezy, probably 40-minute episode. My name is Nicole. <laughs> and I like how we set that goal right up front. And I, and I agree. My name is Scott Marshall. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. We're talking about Royal Holiday. I'm going to look and It's going to a- be easy and light. <laughs> it's going to be easy and light. We're going to have a good time. We'll be out of here in a tight 40. Um, <laughs> uh, one royal holiday? This, this movie yes. is one royal holiday. This movie is like just so light and so much fun compared to the last few that we've done. Yes. Like dealt with real subject matter. This movie basically doesn't deal with any yeah, substantive. All absolute fantasy. Actually, you know what? This movie was actually unintentionally just a really good kind of jumping off point for fan fiction ideas for me Ooh, so I saw most, you made. honestly that's mostly what i'm going to be talking about today oh my god incredible <laughs> well you know what we are at episode 15 is that yes. i think 14 or 15 this Today's is 15 15th, i believe yeah I believe. so happy december 15th everybody um we are more than halfway done this podcast which is of december wild to me um this will be 60 percent 60 percent what better time to start the throng of fanfic enthusiasm than with one royal holiday scott kicking us off one royal (laughs) holiday fanfic get stoked okay one royal holiday here's the synopsis this is a 2020 hallmark movie when Anna offers a stranded mother and son shelter in a blizzard, she learns that they are the royal, royal family of Galwick. Anna shows the prince how they do Christmas in her hometown, encouraging him to open his heart and be true to himself. It's all true. Breathtaking. Did you get a bingo? I, um, not quite, unless you can think of somewhere in the movie where there's blatant product placement. Oh, yes. Honda. Yes, you're right. You know, yep. I thought something about cars, but I couldn't think exactly what. Okay, well um, done. So yes, I did get a line. So that um, photographer, um, just because of the uh, picture that gets back to mm-hmm. Galwick, yep. um, driven apart by misunderstanding, which of yep. course they are briefly, uh, and we're just friends about her dad and... Diane. Diane, yeah. Yep, nicely done. Um, I have groundbreaking news to tell you, Scott, and all of our listeners. I have two lines. Two? Wow. Look at that. Two lines. Uh, uh. And neither of them are down the middle. I didn't even use the free space. Amazing. I know. This has never happened to me before. Um, empty coffee cup. Mm Mm-hmm. Grand gesture. Oh, yes. Fictional European country. Very much so. Chef. Mm-hmm. Seasonal festival, mm-hmm. original song or performance, mm-hmm. mm. passes the Bechdel test just barely, 
bad blue screen. Oh, such a bad blue screen. <laughs> yes. Uh, and a single person of character in a minor role. Boom. Yeah, yeah, I had that one as well. Um, okay, so we open with Anna. Our uh, what do you call it in our Patreon? What's our only Patreon level? Plucky female heroine. Pl- plucky heroine. Our plucky heroine uh, shopping in Connecticut. And she's heading to Kentsbury, Connecticut to her father's inn for Christmas. And she loves it. Is that where it opens or does it open? Doesn't it start with her in Boston? It opens with her shopping. Oh, does she live in Boston? She might live in Boston. She lives in Boston. Yeah. That's where she, she works at that hospital in Boston. Right. Of course. And then she has to drive to Kentsbury and, and she gets like halfway there. And that's when she has to, she, she has to drive the Royals the rest of the way. Because they meet like at that random donut shop. I forgot that she didn't live in Connecticut. Fun no. fact, Nicole's Trivia Corner. Are you ready? Absolutely. So this movie was actually filmed in Connecticut. Um, really? Wow. Yes. Or maybe Pennsylvania. I can't remember. I'm not going to lie. I get some of the states mixed up sometimes. Anyway, it was filmed in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, in June of 2020, it was the first movie on the East Coast to resume filming after everything shut down in March for COVID. Wow. Yeah. So you're welcome, film industry. We owe it all to one royal holiday. <laughs> um, so then we cut after she's shopping and she's sort of explained to the person who works in the shop what her deal is. We cut to I a- loved that shop girl. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember her. She just that actor made a real choice about the fact that they were doing this scene in Boston. So she was doing some real accent work. I was going to say she have an accent. It was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Why not? Why not lean into Why it? Why not? Exactly. You're a day player. You've got a few lines. Go yep. for it. Fucking Make it happen. It. We're talking about you right now. So it yeah. worked. Go Show for it. your range. Yeah. Well done. Have, have fun with it. Who cares? <laughs> um, so then we cut to a fancy gala. Um, which we later learn is a gala doctor ball. Doctor ball? (laughs) The doctor ball is what she calls it. The doctor ball. To her supportive black nurse friend. Yes. Who's Um, at the desk. So Queen Gabriella and Prince James of Galwick, a fictional European country. Do you think that Hallmark is building the Hallmark movie, holiday movie universe? In the fan fiction that I mentioned earlier... (gasps) I, I basically have these, all these fake European micronations um, oh my God. coming together. So the, the unifying force <laughs> or the unifying person between all of them uh, is Simon from the Christmas Prince movies, <laughs> who is a, uh, a kind of a queer James Bond. Is he like double... Of course, because Simon's clearly bisexual. We decided that, right? So he's carrying out missions depending on who needs him from these various micronations to handle their security because they don't need their own like full-fledged security force. They can just basically do it with mercenaries. They're rich as hell. They're they're just, you know, really targeting threats. Wow. So, yeah. So, for example, Simon saved Amber's real father from a kidnapping plot. Ooh. And, and replaced him with this chucklehead who shows up in the second movie 
Like in the kidnapping plot, like some dummy got kidnapped instead? No, no, he's replaced him with this guy. The real father is like safely stashed away. Right. And this guy is posing as his father, almost like a human target. <laughs> and that was all just arranged by Simon on, for, you know, to take care of his brother's wife. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> okay. One, will you be making this fanfic publicly available? Yes. Two, where? Uh, it's on a site called AO3, which I understand is a really big fanfiction site. Where we have an account, like the podcast yeah. has yeah, an it, account. It, yeah, it'll be under the podcast account. Okay, so can we use this as the official kickoff of the podcast, the A Podcast in a Queer Tree fanfic I mean, a good contest seems unnecessary, but I do want yeah, some... Yeah, I don't really, I don't think, I, I would hate to see to people rank. feel like they need to yeah. write a bunch of crazy stuff to try and win a contest, because yeah, yeah. this is I don't, all just for fun. I want to be... <coughs> Sorry. It's all, it's all about fun and not getting sued. That's our motto. <laughs> Having fun, not getting yeah, sued. Other podcasts st <laughs> say stuff like, stay sexy and don't get murdered. We're like... <laughs> Have fun and don't get sued. That's what we're all about here on Podcast in a Queer Tree. Yeah. Um, but I do, like, I feel like my only, my desire to do a, a contest is not because I want people to compete, nor do I want no. us to judge people's fanfic, obviously. No. But is entirely because I want there to be some sort of, like, exciting, promotional, motivational, like, thing, right? So how... Well, what I was thinking along those lines is mm -hmm. if people participate mm -hmm. and if they want, mm. we could compile the fan fiction into, for example, some kind of physical pulp novel that the, particip the participants get a copy of. Wow. I love that. Um, okay. Right. Well, I think that we're both in agreement that we need... Uh, that a community of Hallmark and Netflix rom-com Christmas movie fanfic mm -hmm. is a primary directive of our podcast. I'll tell you what, I, I started filling out all the, the form and stuff for this first fanfic of mine. Mm. And there already is Christmas Prince fanfic on <gasps> AO3. Oh my God, about who? About what? Did you read it? I did <gasps> not. I have not read any of it, but it is there. Because I know because when it's when I was filling out the form, it's like, is there an established property that you're writing about? And I searched it right. and sure enough, there it was. So Oh my god. Our people are out there, Scott. They're out there. Yeah. Oh right. Well wonderful, weird people. That is very exciting. Um, okay, well, I don't, I mean, do, do we care about this movie anymore? All I can think about is fanfic <laughs> now. I'm like, well, really? Yes. Let's, let's keep going because like I mentioned, <gasps> there's, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that inspired me to, to right. do fanfic stuff. Perfect. That's the perfect reason I'm, to keep going. I'm sure it'll come up. We'll do it for the fanfic. <laughs> um, okay, so they're at this, Queen Gabriella and Prince James of Galwick are at this fancy doctor ball for the Boston hospital, whatever. Uh, yeah. Prince James's father, who is now 
he died last year, was a patient in the cardiac hospital. And they are donating, the royals are donating a like huge amount of money to the hospital because they're like, you helped the king in his hour of need, meow, meow, meow. So then we cut to the nurse's station where Anna is, at first I thought she was a heart doctor, but she's a heart, she's a cardiac unit nurse. Yes. And her friend, I think Jordan um, is her nurse friend, like maybe the charge nurse, her coworker, whoever, is like, I, like a, a common theme in this movie that almost every character tells Anna is that she needs to do things for herself. She never does yeah. things for herself. She's always She's doing so giving. things for other people. She's so giving. She needs to recover from heartbreak. Um, she had some bad breakup. Oh, I didn't catch that. I only caught the her nurse friend telling her that she, teasing her basically that she could have met someone at the doctor ball. Yes. And Anna's like, I don't want to meet anybody that, not that thing. Yeah. Except we find out later she could have. Mm. Would have um, saved a lot of time. Yes. Seriously. Um, <clears throat> and then a patient, or like the, I think the, the wife of a patient comes up with this enormous tin. <laughs> I love that of caramel corn yeah. as a thank you for being such an amazing nurse um and anna's like thank you so much and then she gets home and puts this tin under the tree and there's just this like like landscape paint like it's like a city skyline of tins stacked on top of each other and she like has this moment where she puts it down and like looks at this pile of tins and she's like haha like she just is like bombarded with thank you gifts from patients yeah grateful patients yeah totally this this tree with all these tins underneath it i laughed Um, so hard yeah that's funny it reminded me a little bit of like teachers especially like my piano teacher as a child would get bombarded with musical note themed gifts of course yeah and i'm like you know they're like so sweetly intended but like after a while like I, what the fuck do you do with it? You just put them in well, a box? What you do is you recycle them back out as gifts to your students when they're when they pass whatever level they're on. Mm, very you make smart. sure you don't get the same one back. <laughs> yeah. And very smart. Yeah. Um, so then she gets a call from her dad. There's a storm coming. She's heading up to the inn. They, they manage to never show the storm. Yes, it, they, do a, they do a great job. Yeah, it really, like it, <laughs> It determines so many things about their lives for several days. <laughs> but we never encounter it. Never actually see it. So then we're in the car with the royals. And there's a driver and some guy whose name we don't know yet. I love their driver. Their, their Boston driver. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he stands up for himself. We're not quite there yet. But when, we, when they get to the coffee shop in the next scene... Um, they're like, well, can you drive us to this inn? And the driver's like, no way. I got to be home for Christmas with my kids. Like, I'm not driving you up there. And I was like, you go, Boston driver. Not driving you to Connecticut? Screw that. <laughs> yeah, totally. But um, also, by the way, their security went on ahead and got in the plane and left without yeah. the royal family. Yeah, that's a bit like, dicey. Fire those people. 
seriously. Well, and the Royals are like, they're like relieved. They're like, oh, thank goodness they got off safely. But it's like just Christopher and he's like sweeping like the soup pots in the kitchen. I'm like, what is this guy's job? Christopher is is not the most attentive, especially once he meets the mayor. Yes. He's like, queen who? He's got the hots for Sarah, you're not kidding. Yeah. Um, anyway, so in the car, before we get to the, shortly before we get to the coffee shop, James is fretting about the royal address he has to give on Christmas Eve. He's trying to live up to his father's speech. He bungled, <clears throat> James bungled his speech last year, and he's really holding he, a lot of anxiety about he, it. He shit his pants, apparently, in the last year. Yeah, he really shit the bed. My, uh, my notes for this throughout uh, just refer to how he has homework over yeah. the holiday. <laughs> The whole, yeah. <laughs> and he's just sweating it the whole time. Yeah. He has to write his How I Spent My Christmas Holidays essay, which is due on Christmas. Yeah. So get <laughs> it together, James. It's so dumb. Um, so then we stop at a coffee shop. And we now both of our main, all of our main characters are at this coffee shop. Anna, because she needs coffee, because she is a nurse who works very hard and is obviously very good at her job. And the royals. Oh, the queen needs a cup of tea. Yes. Um. Um. um so I love that bit at the do- at the donut shop where Nurse Anna is so virtuous she won't even take an extra fucking donut. I know. <laughs> like, She's like, like are you oh, kidding me? Uh, oh no, I could never eat two. And I'm like, you're on your way. Like, you're on a road trip by yourself, first of all. You, like, the sugar will probably help you. Give it to someone at the... De- like, why? Just take it. <laughs> I would have loved it if they'd had her say, first of all, I was going to order six of those fucking donuts. So why don't yeah. you... Why don't you pack those into a bag? Sharpish. It, it's moments like exactly. that that make me wish that the star had been Aubrey Plaza. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she would have brought a real edge to this role <laughs> but same prince though exact same prince. my god he wouldn't have stood a chance um one of my kind of fan fiction notes about this prince guy is that i think see my theory is that this royal family and this fake european country yeah they're like the volturi in twilight they're like <laughs> Stick with me, though. I'm with you. <laughs> They're like the really high-end, old, old vampires. They just, they're like the Republicans of vampires, right? So, I mean, they're, they're complacent. They think they're invincible. But here they are, stranded in America. Their security team is fucked off. Yep. Who can help them? Simon, that's who. So, anyway. I think so. I I love this. I love this narrative. I love that from now on, I have reason to believe. You're gonna think of these people as the Volturi. That you, yes, A will be thinking of them as the Volturi, but also everything that happens in this movie will be viewed through your fanfic, which is so. I love it. I'm also. Merry Christmas, Nicole. Thank you so much, Scott. Merry Christmas to you. What a gift. I'm also laughing because the people playing Meta Bingo, like they might have already gotten a line and we haven't even made it to Connecticut yet. They're going to need a whole new card. Yes, exactly. I'm going to have to call or text our 
our friend of the pod who made these bingo cards and get them to add Scott talks about his fanfic. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid you probably are, yes. <clears throat> so for I have some I have some beef about the Christmas crueler. Um Yeah, what the fuck? It's not a crueler. It is no. an eclair. Yeah, it's just an eclair. It's and an not eclair. It's a particularly good looking one, frankly. It doesn't look amazing. It looks like a donut. It's fine, you know, but like it is not a crueler. So she offers the coffee. No, the she gets a BOGO crueler offer. <laughs> and she's like, I couldn't possibly. She's like, oh, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly. So she offers it to James. Yeah. And he's like, no, not for me. Thank you. I couldn't dare eat this crass American dessert. My and kind then he, do not eat sugar. Exactly. But then he describes the Galwickian cake. Right. I can't read this note. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yes. No, that's, that's, what I, that's what they call it, Galwickian <laughs> cake, which is basically just a, also a... Chocolate eclair. An eclair, yeah. It's the same thing. Oh, my God. Um, it's the same thing. And she's like, you just described the same thing. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, so one by one, you know, Gabriella has come in, the driver has come in, Christopher, the security guy has come in. Everyone's kind of like, oh, this storm, your flight's been canceled. <laughs> the driver is like, you know, and Anna's like, oh, I overheard, like, you could stay at my father's inn in Connecticut. I'm heading up there right now. And the driver's like, I can't drive you there. I have kids for Christmas. Peace. <laughs> So they all the boys, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm out of here. Um, I got kids. <laughs> um, so Anna ends up driving all the both of the royals and Christopher in her SUV. Yep. Um, there's no room in the back seat, so James has to sit in the front seat. And wow, is he ever a nightmare of a passenger! Yeah. He's like, you're driving too fast. She hits a pothole and he just like throws, he's holding the tin of caramel corn and he just like throws it all over the car. And she's like, <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Um, I love how committed they are to that giant tin of <laughs> It shows up multiple times throughout the movie. <laughs> um. So she makes this comment that she, he's acting like he's never been in the front seat of a car before. And the queen, then she doesn't yet know that they're royals. So right. the queen or Gabriella um, and Christopher in the back seat sort of like exchange a look because he's never been in the front seat of a car because he is a fucking prince. Um, and then we find out that the mayor of Kentsbury, Connecticut, Sarah, is Anna's childhood best friend. Yes. Uh, we also learn that an annual event, for some reason in this place, is the Christmas Eve Pajama Ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> it used to be something else, she explains. And then there was some kind of problem and the kids were going to be disappointed, so they decided to have a pajama ball instead. Now it's a pajama ball. And they've done that ever since. <laughs> Um, so they all show up at the inn and dad is there and it comes out pretty quickly. They, the royals are like, hello, we're royalty. Yeah. And they tell him right away. And she yes, they tell, 
Yeah, they tell him immediately and they try to keep it a secret from Anna, which lasts for like 15 seconds. Yeah, like why? Yeah, I know. What's the point? Yeah, like she basically works there as well, right? Like there's no benefit to keeping it a secret from her. Um, So they're like, please don't tell anyone, but now you know we're leaving first thing in the morning when our plane is like back up and running. And then there's this moment where Anna's like, let me help you with your luggage. She's like, oh my God, this is so heavy. What's in here? And Gabrielle is like, it's the crown jewels. Just kidding. It's shoes. <laughs> she is nuts. And I love it. The queen? The, the queen is, somebody suggests, I don't know if the actor or somebody, whoever wrote the script was like, look, I want the queen to be a little daffy. <laughs> she's, she's, you like, know, gotcha. I think she's. Unlike unlike James, she's really thriving on this like safely chaotic moment that they find themselves in. You know, she's like, "There's nothing we can do about it. I'm going to put on pants and I'm going to eat clam chowder. That's what I'm doing here." (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, (laughs) she's into it. Um. So then we meet Sarah. Uh, I think maybe Anna tells Sarah right away as well. And Sarah's like, oh, I'm the mayor. I've been... Well, because Sarah recognizes them. She, right. She, she's, she's like, like they, that guy he looks, looks like exactly like the, the prince of... Galwick. Galwick. And then she's like, is that the queen? <laughs> and it's like, be cool. Yeah. Um, James comes down and asks for a pillow menu. I love that. Um, I wish I could read this note. Fuck. I'm sure I can survive the night. That's yeah, funny. And then Anna says, you're very she's brave. She's like, you're very brave. <laughs> and he doesn't realize she's being sarcastic. He's like, thank you. He's like, thank you so much. I've overcome a great deal. Um, so Sarah wants to like get a picture of them to promote the events that she's been planning, a Kentsbury Christmas, <laughs> which is like Christmas. Kentsbury Christmas, yeah. which is like which... a five day long series of events in the town. Um, Sarah immediately has the hots for Christopher, the like, How does secu- she ever? the like security detail guy. And he immediately has the hots for her. Um, we should probably mention at some point, um, I don't know if you saw any of the promotional stuff around this movie, but one of the big selling points was the fact that the lead and I think some other people in the cast are like Broadway stars or Big time. Quote, unquote, quote unquote stars. Yep. Um, the lead actor. Um, the Prince. No, sorry. Well, the lead female actor. Oh yeah. Um, she actually won a reality show in 2007 where the prize was to be in the cast of a new production of Greece on Broadway. Whoa. She got that through a reality show. Yeah wild yeah pretty crazy Good for her i mean they do take opportunities in this movie to like showcase the singing of yeah them. They... yeah they keep finding reasons to have people singing here <clears throat> and, and i kind of wish that they it's a... mm-hmm. well, i was just gonna say I, I kind of wish that they had just had a bit more fun with that and done it more frankly mm-hmm. like, like why not you've got these people you know, shorten these, you know, frankly, kind of pedestrian scenes that you're you're walking them through, mm-hmm. and throw a few more songs in. Why not? Yeah, it was it was pretty cute, and like Sarah too. Like she, I didn't look up the credentials for basically any of these people, um, mostly because I didn't really recognize them except the dad. 
but mm. Sarah's got some pipes. Yep. Um, and Anna has some pipes, <clears throat> and it like the Prince James has the look of being a Broadway. I feel actor. like he is also a Broadway guy. Yeah. He's just got that vibe about him. He looks like yeah. he's been and in, and actually maybe even the manservant and the queen. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Oh. Um, could be i wouldn't be surprised if the queen was yeah um but yeah they're all pretty competent singers they're like at the dining uh room and james is there and he's like there's no place cards um oh, yeah whatever he's like really stressed out that like he's, he's not dressed properly and then the he's queen such a comes, fish out of water for some reason it's for some reason and then oh and they bond over their dead parents this is a really important this is an important trope and an important moment where his father died james's father died like a year-ish ago and um anna's mom died when she was a kid a young adult yeah i think i think when i think she said before she was it was like in her preteens or something okay like an adolescent that's an important bonding moment but then so then the queen is there and she's wearing pants and (laughs) james is like how did you know to be dressed like how did you know what to wear why do you have these clothes and the queen is like some people call me an over an over packer i call it being prepared and i'm like you go queen gabriella whatever so then i'm getting to my point James gets a call and he says, oh, it's Henry, who I immediately assumed was his boyfriend. It turns out to be the prime minister of Galwick. Yeah. So he's like distressed and takes this phone call away. Um, where Henry calls, uh, maybe his boyfriend, but definitely the prime minister. And, mm. it, you know, James is kind of distressed and he takes the call outside. And Anna's like, oh, to the queen is like, oh, something, something. That call is upsetting. And the queen is like, if it were up to Henry, he would he would eliminate the monarchy altogether or like eliminate the royal yeah. family altogether. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking when I was watching that today, um, like they could have made a lot more of that. Like, yeah. That, that could have been a real, well, yes, that could have been a more substantial reason for James to be the way he is for so much of the movie. Um, but, I don't recall it really ever coming up again. It just kind of goes back to more of a James doesn't want to disappoint the ghost of his dead father kind of angle instead. Yeah. Um, Well, and I wonder if they do, I don't know if Hallmark does this the same way that Netflix does, but if they do a sequel to this movie where like, like in the Christmas Prince, Anna has to like make this new life in Galwick. If the tension between the prime minister and like the government and the royal family will be something that comes up. Like that's yeah. something you could do, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. And, and of course I was seeing all this through the kind of Volturi lens too. So <laughs> I was like, how does this prime minister fit into it all? Is he also a vampire mm. or is he something else? Maybe he's like oh a werewolf or, you know, what's... Shit! I don't know. He's one of the werewolves. I don't think we know enough about him to, to twilight him quite yet. But... No. I love where your head's at. <laughs> it it um, makes this much easier, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we have a question about whether something makes sense. <laughs> Just compare it to Twilight. <laughs> That's a framework we understand. 
Wow. I think that Scott makes a Twilight comparison was one of the first <laughs> meta bingo suggestions. Well, because it happens almost every episode. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I would just like, we're about to leave the dining room, but at this point, I would just like people to put in the back of their minds what this dining room is and looks like. <laughs> Right? Like, just, we don't need to say anything about it yet. I'm going to come back to it. Scott already knows, obviously, what I'm going to say. But, like, this dining room is, like, it's fine. Like, it's a medium-sized dining room. It's, like, a little bit drab, but it's comfortable. It's, It's, like, got some It's a believable Connecticut Inn dining room. It's a very believable dining room for an inn. It's got, like, a single buffet-style table with, like, three chafing dishes of food you know, some like dated linens, the chairs that you might find in your grandparents' house. You know, there's like, I don't know, six tables. Yeah, not many. Yeah, it's it's like a pretty modest dining room for what I what I assume is like a pretty small inn. Yeah, Just and they a- probably or they probably like, depending on the room numbers, they seat people in waves. Probably, so they, yeah. So they don't need a big dining room. They just stretch yeah. the service out. So just just remember that. I, I have a couple of uh, additional in notes for you. Mm, please. Um, why the fuck won't they do room service? <laughs> for the question. royal family of, yeah. like, it's the dumbest. That does seem silly. Yeah. Just a dumb, dumb contrivance. But Just then she so kind that, of does do room service in the next scene. Yeah. Well, but first they've got to have them down in the dining room. And she's got to drag James through the kitchen where he can meet Mrs. Maitland, who assumes she is, who assumes James is Anna's boyfriend yep. and wraps him in a bear hug. So my note is just that she's really handsy. Yeah, and, she gives him a big hug. And, and where the hell is the security guy? But I guess the security guy, he probably has to always be on the queen primarily. Uh, I would. There's only him, so. I guess so. And it's like, if she's the more important one, why is she not doing any work? That's what I think. Um, well, because James is an ancient vampire. He can take care of himself. <laughs> he has the powers to do that. Exactly. Is Gabriella Dakota Fanning in this situation? <laughs> <clears throat> so after dinner, the first thing that happens is that she delivers a tray of food to James's room because he's so busy working. And she, like, puts the food down outside his door. They have trays for room service, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, then she, and then she plays knock-knock ginger and then runs away. And then he answers the door holding the tub of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, clutching it like a teddy bear. And he, like, opens the door, like, like, one arm around this enormous tin of popcorn. And he's, like, looking for her. And she's not there. And then he, like, sees the tray but like, why is he holding this tub of popcorn <laughs> they could have made this movie substantially funnier and mm. just more pleasant if they had made a running visual gag of the giant popcorn tin mm-hmm. and all those other tins that she got like if every time they cut to her there's like another one of those tins <laughs> open and like half eaten she's like watching tv there's another one open yeah they're she's in like every, like, she, she's like handing them out. Eats, no matter what. <laughs> she's walking down the street. She's got a little one open. Like She's got a purse-sized tin. 
full of almond bark. Yeah. Um, so Anna is like, I've always wondered what royals do all day. Because you're going to have to stay here another day and maybe another night. Yeah. And James gets his like, <laughs> you know, he gets a little like up about it. And he's like, well, we don't sit around all day lazily drinking tea and reading poetry. Yeah. And the queen is like, well, sometimes we do. It's not like a do. Jane Austen novel. <laughs> no, but then the queen is like, Sometimes we do. <laughs> I love her. Really love that. So good. And they, so they, they're like trying to justify like what all the hard work they do all day. And then well, one of them is like. It's because he's upset about the prime minister. Yeah. But then he's, he's like, like. We don't need vampire kings anymore. <laughs> Antiquated system. Um, but then he's like, we also have elaborate picnics, which I think was supposed to be a joke, but I'm also like might be true. It's absolutely true. Um, blood he's still Pardon? They're blood picnics. <laughs> blood picnics. <laughs> Fuck. Scott, okay, serious question. Yes. I realize that you are writing one royal holiday fanfic. Are you also writing a Twilight one royal holiday it's, it's, hybrid fanfic? No, no, it's not. It's not fanfic about any of any one movie. It's hol- it's podcast in a queer tree fanfic. Oh my god. So it, it okay. can go into any of these movies. Oh fuck. Are we characters? No. Okay. That's <laughs> not how fanfic works. I mean it could be, but it's not yeah, I I should I should clarify. It's not fanfic of us. It's right, just okay. fanfic based on these movies that we have watched and that so many of like they're so similar. It's very easy to weave them together. Oh my god. You're just going to make an amalgam fanfic of them all? Exactly. Incredible. I'm just going to throw stuff in wherever I can. Perfect. Just for fun. Why not? Yeah. Um, so then they go to the parade on Main Street and this is where Sarah the mayor and Gabriella the queen have this woman to woman moment. The more women we have in power the better. The more women we have in charge the better. Yeah. Um, Which is good. I have a note around this same time where Sarah talks to Anna and she's trying to persuade Anna to tell James that she has feelings for him or something like to basically to be straight up with James mm-hmm. and Anna Anna's thing, this entire movie is basically just being like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I deserve it. I'll just, quietly serve others yeah right yeah um so sarah has this little speech and it basically makes it sound as if the writers of this film used this black female character's experience of oppression that she would have had like just growing up in america Mm and using that to motivate her white friend to talk to a boy she likes. Ooh. You know I what I mean? Really, I, I know what you mean. I don't remember this speech. I must not have been paying very close attention to it. I didn't clue into this. Yeah. Um, do you remember anyway, what- It's just something I caught at the time and, and it kind of brought me up short. I was like, oh, that's not cool. Like, totally. Yeah, that's icky. Yeah. Do you remember, can you remember, just because I'm curious, what Sarah says- in this little pep talk that sort of like tipped you I do off remember, about this? I, I do remember now actually, because um, 
Anna says something self-deprecating and then Sarah says something along the lines of, well, they said I could never be mayor. Oh, right. And uh, I, and I kind of stopped at that. And I was like, why did they say that Sarah? Yeah. Like which reason is it because you're black or because you're female either way it's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, right. So I don't know. Cool. It, it just—it was just a moment where I was like, "Oh, you didn't." That, I'll bet you didn't ask that actor if that was a cool thing to say right now. Yeah, like that line doesn't land very well. No, no. And I mean, you—you you never know with this stuff. Maybe it was an editing thing. Maybe it was a script thing. But it, it's like it was, interesting thinking about lines like that, especially like throwaway lines yeah. in a character who's like self we don't really learn about like she's definitely a token character in the sense that she's the only black prominent semi-prominent character you you've actually alluded to this in a different way with a previous movie about how if one of the terrible side effects of tokenism is that they'll actually give a black female actor an important role in terms of status Mm-hmm. like this like woman judge. is yeah judge mayor you know police chief yep. whatever yeah but as a result she tends to get fewer lines and they tend to be more kind of stereotypical hey i'm a tough authoritative woman and i had to be tough to get to this position so you better yep. listen to what i have to say that kind of thing like sarah at least f- feels more real than that because she is also anna's old friend mm-hmm. but it felt like they kind of slipped into that mode for a moment there. Well, yeah. And I think it, like it leaves no room, like there's no room in this movie for us to learn. Like why did Sarah want to get into politics? Mm. And it's like, <clears throat> like in this movie, we don't, we like see her doing all these mayoral duties, but like those mayoral duties in this movie consist entirely of event planning. Yeah. Right? Like she doesn't seem to do anything official outside of plan Kentbury, Kentsbury Christmas week. Like she's not taking important calls from like the deputy whoever. Like she should be taking important calls the same way James is, right? Like running a yeah. country, like being the prince of a country and being the mayor of I assume a smaller place are like different, but like the bureaucracy involved in municipal local politics is enormous. Like she would be very busy and constantly on her phone doing things far more like serious and like boring and bureaucratic than planning Christmas events. Well, she'd probably do both, right? It's probably not a full-time sure. job because it's a small town. Yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm guessing she's the equivalent of Taylor from Gilmore Girls. From Gilmore Girls, yeah. But like we don't see her doing anything... No, like because they're not interested in her being that important yeah. a character. They well, just exactly. want us to know that she's the mayor and therefore she can be trusted. I also think it's like this interesting, like I remember reading, I wish I could find this article. <clears throat> I'm sure it's easily found about um, the commitment that Hallmark made in 2020 to quote, increase their diversity in their movies by like a certain percentage and I think that a certain percentage. yeah, they literally were like by this much percent, like that's how they view it. Right. It's yeah. like not a real change. They're Ugh. just like, we're going to put more black and brown people. We're going to have one movie about a very normative 
cisgendered gay male couple mm. who doesn't disturb you in any other way. So don't worry. Anyway, but like they've like made, they've like acknowledged that there's a problem, right? But their solution to the problem are these like numbers based, like check mark boxes. Yeah. Uh, gestures and the result of that is that there's one black character in this movie who has an important job in the movie but does not have an important has an important job in the world of the movie but doesn't have an important role in the like arc of the movie we're watching and they like I feel like what you brought up of her being like no one said everyone said that i couldn't be mayor either is them trying to speak to like a black experience mm. without actually like making it political quote right no, like i said they're just trying to exploit that moment yeah to you know for sure and push. it's like a little it's a little bit bootstrapsy too right like yeah. none of none of this is really said but it has that vibe of like she worked hard she pulled herself up like she overcame all of these barriers she's so strong she's and it's one like, of the good ones ugh. and it's like no doubt she had to overcome a lot like of course she did yeah. but it's like we make this like hero narrative about it and it's just right. so gross and it's like we shouldn't be making hero narratives out of these things, even though per people like black people in positions of power have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Right. Yeah. Like we, people should, or do know that that's true. Like, I mean, white people, but like that, it's just like, she is more, it's just such an icky narrative, like rather than like making a change in a movie that would be more substantive and like systemic they just rely on these like gross tropes. Anyway, I could talk about this forever. I hate it. <laughs> um, so then they watch this parade and then James is wearing inappropriate clothes yeah. and he steps in a puddle and oh my goodness, your foot might freeze off. So Anna and James take a sleigh, a horse and sleigh. That's the carriage ride, yeah. The carriage ride. I, weird transport wasn't on my bingo card, but I kind of wish it had been. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Oh my God, there's... They have a little heart to heart where he observes that she's always looking to help others. And um, how soon into the movie did you assume that she had been the king's nurse? I assumed immediately. <laughs> oh, uh, I did not. They 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 caught me with that. It didn't occur to me at oh, all. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Um, I'm I'm easily I'm pretty gullible though so it's not really surprising uh, my note here about the carriage ride is that james is straining under the pressure of becoming the king of a country no one has heard of <laughs> um i have a note in the sleigh that um when they're having this conversation about uh how she's always thinking about other people she says this is so infuriating she says it's easier to focus on other people's needs. And James responds, you've just described the life of a royal. <laughs> no kidding, right? I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, what wow. What are you focusing on from your grand palace, James? Yeah, wow. That is so crazy. <laughs> is it? But again, they're, it's the Voltaris, so they're like... <laughs> Delusional. Yeah, well, we they're like, their attitude would be very medieval. They're like, we allow these people to live yeah. at, at our pleasure. Yeah, totally. We allow them to work our fields. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Yeah. We only take the occasional virgin. Oh my God, it's so dark. Um, so back at the inn, I have a quote here that says, someday you shall wear the fuzzy Christmas socks. I think that was a cute attempt by Anna to get James to wear fuzzy Christmas socks. But I think the way she said it, I was, it was very cute and charming. Oh, um, so it's around here at the end of the carriage ride because they pass the security guy and Sarah who are walking and who are like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's when James says, oh, I've known him since boarding school. We were roommates. Right. And I'm like, I immediately was like, that means you were lovers. Yeah, it does. Right? <laughs> yeah, Big it does. Time. Hell yeah. yeah. They definitely had a romance in boarding school. No question. And now so he's having a romance with Henry, the prime minister. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. James and Henry, the prime minister? Yeah, they might be a, They might be a triad. Yeah, maybe. I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. <clears throat> um, oh, no, Nicole. What uh-oh. if the pajama ball can't happen? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pav- my next note. The pavilion roof is caved in. The pavilion in. roof. Oh, no. The pajama ball. Any- no, it's a health violation. We, we can't. It's a safety violation. We couldn't possibly. <laughs> So the pajama ball is going to happen at the inn. Yeah, where it probably should have been anyway. Do they not? Maybe they don't have enough room, though. We're not there yet. Yeah. I don't know if they have enough room. Um, he's never decorated a tree. Mm. Oh, there's the he, part. Sorry. He minored in architecture, though, as you may remember. <laughs> of course he minored in architecture. I think, OMG, of course he studied architecture when yeah. they're building gingerbread to, houses. To, I love how he doesn't offer to, like, uh, I could fix your roof. <laughs> like, no yeah. problem. Like, why don't you pay? Oh, my God. You could end poverty in your country. Um, so there's a moment, I forgot to mention this in the parade, that... He's he's sort of like peppering in these con- these confessions of his like sad depraved childhood, right? And she's like, "You've never done this Christmassy thing. You've never done this Christmassy thing." Right. And he says at the parade that he had never asked Santa for gifts as a child because he was a royal and it would have been untoward. And I'm like, "Yeah, no duh." Wow. Like you don't get sympathy points for that, bro. Sorry. He's never been he's never sat in a reclining chair before. She blows his mind with the reclining chair. <laughs> the hell? And she keeps holding his hand, being like, your speech is going to be great, baby. It's going to be <laughs> fine. I'm like, what the fuck? No one expects anything from you <laughs> on Christmas Day. Just get on the tube and say, oi, oi, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's a pack of cigarettes. Smoke up, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> um it's a good thing she is such a giving like saint of a person because she's had to do it for two generations of this family's men now yeah that's true support them emotionally through their like one actual problem yeah and and one existential problem and i feel like that's why they made her a nurse and not a doctor because she had to have this like selfless giving well yeah a doctor wouldn't stand for all this a doctor wouldn't go home for christmas (laughs) 
there's a lot of noble nurse talk <clears throat> in this kind of bonding scene, which is fine. They are yep. noble. Yeah, yeah. But then she has a lot of noble, like, monarchy talk, <sighs> which is far less believable. Frankly. Yeah, far less believable. I think if 2020 has taught us anything, and hope to dog, it's taught us something, that uh, nurses are one of the few professions holding us together and the monarchy can burn. Yeah. Um, so the next morning, they are now stuck because of the wind. Is it? Yes, yeah. it's windy. There's like a dumb excuse every day for why they yes. can't leave yet. The wind. Yeah. Um, he is good at decor. This attic is very organized and not dusty. Oh, they play snowball baseball. Yeah. In the street. That's a very lighthearted, fun moment. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of thing people totally do all the time. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a funny, cute line that I feel like a writer got a lot of accolades in the writing room for, where she's helping him write his speech. Mm. And she's like, just, just like, you know, be honest, like, speak from the heart. And he's like, do you think? And she's like, trust me, I know a lot about hearts. Because she's a nurse. In the cardiac unit. Oh, my God. I, I internally applauded Hallmark writers for that. I was like, nice job, guys. Yeah, good going. Um, so now comes the point in this movie where amidst the decorating montage that Scott just alluded to, we return to the ballroom in the inn where the pajama Christmas ball will take place. Mm. Let's just talk about this room for a minute. Mm -hmm. It is roughly the size of a Costco store. It is a, quite literally a ballroom. There's a stage. There are, <laughs> there's like a dozen Christmas trees in it. There's like a huge, like it looks like a, a hotel uh, ballroom that you would host a wedding in. Like it looks like they rented yes. out the like Sheraton ballroom A and B. They took the middle divider out. It's yeah. fucking enormous. Yeah. Like, can we remember back a several scenes ago when I asked everyone to keep in mind what their dining room looks like? Right. Where is this ballroom in relation to that dining room? Why isn't this their dining room? How is it possible that they don't have room service when they have a ballroom this big what is this ballroom used for the entire population of the town could fit in this ballroom I, I have later i am baffled i have so many questions none of which get answered about this ballroom like it's so blatantly a different location they didn't even try to pretend like it's attached to this inn it's no. ridiculous I, I can't believe they don't have room service and this is what they look like. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. clears throat> so they're decorating the Sheraton ballroom <laughs> A and B. Yeah. Uh, and then it emerges that uh, the Christmas waltz is her favorite song, but it was never festive enough for Oh, they the both kids. love the Christmas waltz. They both love the Christmas waltz. Um, so, and then she's like, oh, but I don't know how to waltz. And he's like, oh, I will teach you. So they like waltz. Um, we find out in this scene, I have King dad was in her hospital. Yes. They so we figured find out, that out that much that they were in the same right. hospital, but not, she thinks she never saw him because she doesn't, 
know his like fake name. He, his yeah he had a fake name because right. of being royal i would also just like to note so sarah is decorating the gingerbread with them and yep. she is wearing an incredible velvet magenta shirt yes it is amazing yeah i don't usually notice fashion but this one was like the color is amazing and it's like clearly velvet oh my god it looks so amazing on her uh in the evening they make some galwickian cake uh and gabriella james is like how on earth did you know this recipe and gabriella's like it's a family tradition jk i emailed the royal chef um the next morning after they eat this galwickian cake when they're supposed to be leaving again as they have been supposed to be doing every single morning but this morning like everyone's sort of in love with each other right like everyone james is really obsessed with anna christopher is really taken with sarah gabriella is just like charmed and having a nice time no one really wants to leave and none of the american people want them to leave Mm. so one by one each of these characters has a really like goofy entrance into the scene while they'll like come racing down the stairs and be like, did you hear about the black ice? I don't think we should leave today. Oh no, you definitely shouldn't leave. And then another person comes down and be like, have you heard there's black ice? It's like, like, yes, black ice is dangerous, but it's not insurmountable and you could just drive slowly, but it's like, no, we couldn't possibly leave. Um, There I wrote down... Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was just going to say, I think there's a scene somewhere around the same time where um, James and Anna are, are they're having a, a private moment mm-hmm. and his phone rings and I think they are finally like about to confess that they care about, care about each other and his phone rings. And she's like, oh, you better take that. And he's like, no, it's fine. And then he checks anyway, and it's the palace. So he's like, oh, I better take it. It's the palace. Yeah. And she starts to retreat, basically, from what they had, you know, they'd gotten right up to the precipice of actually probably making out or something. Yeah. But he's learned that they're going to stake him back in Galwick or something. And he's got to get back. So there's just this, in my notes... I actually wrote a long uh because of this like dumb moment of self-sacrifice on Anna's part. Oh yeah. Where instead of just saying what she would like put put on her big girl pants and say what she was going to say. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then there is a nice moment after that where, you know, James of course is r- run off outside and Anna's like, well, I guess I won't be seeing him again. And the queen finds her Mm -hmm. and is like, look, as far as I'm concerned, you're part of the family. So come over to Galwick and hang out sometime. Yeah. And Anna's like, oh, thank you so much. And the queen says, I left something for Diane. On her bed. (laughs) On her bed. And I was like, oh, God, what did she leave her? (laughs) Like a horse head? Yeah. Yes, that was funny. And it turns out she left a beautiful gown for Diane to wear to the not pajama ball. Yep, not not Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. <laughs> I thought it would be. Weirdly. <laughs> um, I have a note that um, 
what's her name? Anna's dress has pockets. Oh, does it? Yes. Wow. Every person who's ever worn a dress noticed this. I mean, I guess if you haven't worn a dress, you might still have noticed it. And maybe I have not, but I've heard Dr. Slip complain about this issue many times. It's crucial. It's crucial. Dress wearers and even pants wearers who've ever experienced a pant without a pocket. Yeah. Or like one of those short ornamental pockets. That's only like (gasps) the depth of a quarter. Yep. I wore a pair of put your keys in it. I wore a pair of jeans today that didn't even have, they were just completely sewn shut. They didn't even have an ornamental pocket. It was just complete of complete facade. Nice. Uh, Infuriating. So her dress has pockets, which great job costume designer. Um, Funny. You should mention that because my next note is about how they're back in Galwick. Galwick. And you see them in like their Royal clothing. Yes. And he's he's in like his red <laughs> outfit with the sash. And I my note was, I see that the undead prince shops at the same tailor as the the kings of Aldovia and Belgravia. He's probably like the same guy, just goes around from country to country. And... Oh my God, is that going to make its way into the fanfic somehow? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um. So I only have a few notes left. We're pretty much at the end of this movie. So the, he makes a grand gesture. I have a note, how far is Connecticut from Galwick? Because they like make it home to Galwick and then... Yeah, they're on an international like, flight. Aren't they losing time going back? Uh, they would be losing time going to Galwick, yes? Yeah. So, so he makes his... He has time to like... They get there. He makes his Christmas speech and then shows up for the pajama ball. Like, presumably within a, like, I think the ball is, like, that night. Like, this it, all happens in, like, eight the hours. The travel time doesn't make any sense. It makes no like, sense. Like, it, it almost seems as if he should have done his address from a remote location, just videoed it, yep. and sent it to Galwick, and they broadcast like, it. weather. And, and he was just, he just stayed there the entire time. So then we find out there's this scene where it turns out that she was his dad's partners and man he gets so turned on at how well she took care of his dad and i'm just like are all hallmark and hallmark adjacent movies just like men getting horny for caretakers like it happens oh, there's so, something to that sure so consistently scott and it's like i have a note around here where he's delivering his um his speech for his christmas day speech because mm-hmm. he cries in that speech right yeah and, and, people, and people love it so i'm like a vampire who cries <laughs> and and he can apparently also teleport that i think that was my explanation for how he got back oh, of course he right? can he's teleport. like like nightcrawler in the x-men he can teleport um, Shit, of course. So that makes that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, my my next note is about her being uh, the dad's nurse. Henry yeah. was Max, and then she's like, "Oh, Max, I fucked him once." <laughs> and and you're his son. Oh man, he loves you. He talked about you all the time. <laughs> Dark. I love it. <laughs> The ball is very posh. 
Is it? I don't even remember it. That's just my note that it's posh and then they have the pajama party and he gives her royal slippers. Okay, I need... Okay, for I have one note before the royal slippers. The slippers are my last note. Okay. Um, I just have a note here that says, what is a Christmas wish? I think at some point it's like, oh, my Christmas wish came true. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, what's what a Christmas a cr- wish? What's a Christmas wish? Is that a Galwickian thing? I don't fucking know. I think she something says they do it. when you make those cakes. I'm very curious about the logistics of a Christmas wish. If you know, dear listener, please send us an email at a podcast in a queer tree at gmail.com. And for the love of God, tell us what the fuck a Christmas wish is. And even if you don't know, tell us what your Christmas wish is. Yeah, tell and us your And Christmas then we'll wishes. see if they come true. I love that. Yeah, what's this your is, Christmas this, wish? Let's start a new tradition where making a Christmas wish means sending your favorite queer Christmas podcasters mm. your Christmas wish. Mm. Actually, we remember be... we talked at one point about getting people to send in their Santa lists too. Oh, yeah. Santa letters. We were going to collect Santa letters. Yeah. So if you want to send in your Santa letters. <laughs> we have a lot we, of dreams for this podcast. We will forward them to Santa, but we will also <laughs> read them for you. Um, so, yes, my last note are these slippers supposed to be super romantic? Am I missing something? I do my, not understand this. My similar question was, are they married now? This is the Galwickian proposal. Yeah, what is the significance? I mean, apart from the last moment, like last ditch fairy tale appearance of these slippers. Yeah. Like, um, but what? Like, she she is like so astonished and like honored and surprised like he literally might have pulled out an engagement ring for her reaction mm. i i honestly felt like i'd missed something like were these slippers mentioned earlier in the movie are they so. do they mean something that the audience wasn't let in on what the fuck is happening in this scene yeah, i don't know did you get them at the airport kind of looks like it it kind of looks like like there's like some symbol on it which i'm assuming is like the galwickian crest of whatever yeah. the fuck but it yeah. kind of we looks... couldn't tell what the fuck it was um uh, do you think it's a little weird that she mentions that when she was his dad's nurse he used to talk like the dad used to talk about his son mm-hmm. and if she ever met his son he'd treat her like a princess <laughs> And I'm like, is the dad pimping his son? Like, does James need that much help? That I mean, he asked for a pillow menu. So, yeah, I would say he needs that much help. <laughs> I feel like pillow menu is some kind of code in Galwicky. <laughs> like flagging? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I would really invest in a triad of Henry the Prime Minister, James the Prince, and Christopher the Security Detail. Hmm. I, I feel like they would all be really generous with each other. Um, oh, I feel like Henry is a brat. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about uh, One Royal Holiday? No, I'm, honestly, I'm still just thinking about fanfic at this point. So. <laughs> this this movie was was fine. It was really dumb, and I wish they had mm-hmm. they had these Broadway people. I wish they had done more musical stuff with them because why yeah. not? It's what they're For good sure. at. Yeah, it would have been. Why cute. stick them in this formula? 
idiotic movie. I I like this movie as a palate cleanser Very of much what, so, yeah. what we've watched recently. Not that what we've watched recently has been bad, like our last No, not few, at all. Our few, last few episodes have been like The Christmas House and Happiest Season, which like were were fine and good movies and like I would I'll watch Happiest Season again. Um, okay, well, we did it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Nicole. Um, yes, thank you, Scott, for your uh, endless Twilight references <laughs> and your forthcoming fanfic. I'm sure they'll run out sometime. <laughs> Please don't. I hope not. <laughs> we got a few episodes left. I highly doubt that. <laughs> it, it, it does seem unlikely. As long as, <laughs> as long as Hallmark keeps throwing these tropes up on the, <laughs> up on the screen, it's exactly it's probably gonna happen there's always a twilight reference to be made um okay well we'll talk to everyone tomorrow you have been listening to season one episode 15 of a podcast in a queer tree by nicole marcou and scott marshall visit a podcast in a queer tree.com for this episode's links plus our social media and a link to our patreon don't forget to play bingo along with us when you're watching holiday movies You can find the cards at hallmarkmoviebingo.com. Our theme music is by A Peaceful Walk Around a Healing Lake. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow, but whatever you do, we love you. Happy Holidays.